Please join the Weekly Standard and Concerned Veterans for America for an important policy forum entitled Reforming the Pentagon, Deficit and Defense Hawks Needed. This free breakfast forum will take place the morning of Wednesday, September 18th at Charlie Palmer Steak in Washington, D.C. There is no charge to attend the event, and breakfast will be served. The event will be moderated by Weekly Standard senior writer Stephen F. Hayes, and the panel will feature an expert discussion on the future of the American defense budget with guests Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma, Richard Spencer from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and Thomas Donnelly of the American Enterprise Institute. For more information, including how to RSVP, please click the link below the podcast. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. Lee, it's been another amazing week for American foreign policy, concluding with, if I'm not mistaken, a letter upbraiding the President of the United States by Vladimir Putin in the New York Times. Um, I'm not, it's interesting, I'm not sure he's actually upbraiding him. Uh, a colleague of mine uh, described it as such. He said that Putin is really getting himself in Obama's head, and I think that's pretty accurate. I think he's speaking to um, Obama's liberal internationalist self. The last thing he wants to do is do anything that the U.N. wouldn't approve of. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, you know, we need to keep in mind that Vladimir Putin is a, uh, is a very accomplished intelligence officer who knows how to read his man. Uh, and I think his understanding of Obama, uh, his sensitive, <laughs> he's most sensitive, most vulnerable as, uh, you know, as, as the self um, Subscribed liberal internationalists. So I, th- I think it was a very, very effective message on Putin's part. Is uh, it safe to say that we now have President Putin of the United States and President Emeritus Barack Obama when it comes to foreign policy? I think that's that's it's funny. I'm not sure how accurate that is. <laughs> what I would say is, I know I would say that the real, uh, the the really astonishing thing that happened this week um, is that what we've seen is we've seen. Uh, Putin make a run at being a power broker, the deal maker in the Middle East, in order to replace the United States. And that really is a big deal. Um, All kidding aside, this is a very significant thing that happened. A lot of the people I spoke with this week in Washington, uh, a number of different diplomats and policymakers, really sort of look at this as a threshold moment. I mean, I hope that uh, <laughs> I hope things change. I hope it doesn't head this direction. But I think it is a very bad thing that happened to American interests this week. I think it's a very bad thing that happened to uh, to the American position in the Middle East. So let me ask you, if uh, Vladimir Putin is going to be the deal maker, then that indicates that there is likely to be a deal because you're no good as a deal maker if you can't make deals. I've been one of the people and a lot of other folks uh, I've been talking to as well. Uh, laughing at the idea that there would ever be a deal, that we just see this as a stalling tactic, another chance to talk about doing something, and then you get into the diplomatic U.N. miasma, and you know six months will go by, and Assad will still be in power, he'll still have his weapons, and nothing will happen. Are you saying that we could, in fact, yeah, well, see a deal so that uh, Vladimir Putin could step up as the kingmaker of the region? I don't think that, uh, I don't think that there really needs to be a deal uh, that's signed for Putin to have... For Putin to be elbowing Obama as the power broker in the region, I think the fact that Putin would stand up for his client and that he would be able to refer it, say, to the UN, or that he would be able to stall for six months or a year while Assad continues his uh, continues his war apace, uh, and this is a big deal. Again, I mean, we don't we don't necessarily need it to be signed, and for the administration to sign and to send in, you know, UN peacekeepers to try to look for all the chemical weapons. 
for Putin to have pulled off uh, really a substantive victory here this last week. No, I think just the fact that that he's won a delay, the fact that he's the fact that he's taken it out of the hands of the United States. I mean, look, the Obama administration should have walked away the very minute that Putin said, "And look, by the way, you need to agree no strikes on Syria." I mean, this is outrageous. The, you know, the, the White House, the White House should have walked away immediately, but it didn't. Just the fact that we're uh, that we're still in there, dealing with the Russians at this point when they are going to set the terms, I think that describes very, uh, very poignantly, very keenly what happened over the last week. Which again, it's it's it's, it's uh, really a very um, really a very strange moment. Forty uh, years ago, it was forty years ago that. Um, the United States started to drive the Soviet Union out of the Middle East with the Yom Kippur War, when we, you know, when we resupplied the Israelis and showed both the Soviets and their Arab clients that there is no way that we are going to let an American ally lose. Uh, and you see what's happened in 40 years. Moscow is now edging itself back into the region, and it's not because of the strength of uh, it's not because of the strength of Russia. It's, this is not the Soviet Union. It's because of the weakness. Of these uh, of the current White House, so I'm trying, speaking of the current White House. So a week ago, I was being told that the UN is irrelevant because the there will always be a veto on the Security Council for any action. Therefore, we should ignore the UN. Now we're excited about going to the UN. Is that right? Well, I mean, it, it's not just that. I mean, another way to look at it is this: last week, the president was saying how important congressional authorization is. This week. He gets a fig leaf from Putin and says, well, forget about Congress. As it turns out, it's not that important. I, I mean, effectively, I wasn't going to get the right. vote anyway. And here's Putin, who's really helped me out of a jam here. So last week, the Congress was important. It was important to get the American people behind the whole plan. Uh, it wasn't his red line. It was the red line of the American people. It was the red line of the international community. But all of a sudden, with the Russian proposal, this is all off the board. Now what matters is this deal that the White House says they've been crafting with Moscow for over a year, which I, I, I think is probably not accurate. Well, the Wall Street part, Journal had a detailed story, but the Wall Street Journal had a detailed story about multiple meetings. I think they said at one point there had been nine meetings between Kerry and people in the uh, in the Russian government about the idea of having Russia lead the UN in to confiscate these weapons. So you're you're saying yeah, you're not there, buying there, that there, reporting? There may have been. The administration has shown one thing over the last several years, especially regarding Syria, that the administration is very clever about leaking different pieces of information uh, about different things to make it look good or to make it look like it's doing things that it isn't really doing. Again, mm -hmm. let's remember how the whole policy of sending mil lethal military aid to the rebels was rolled out in June. I mean, this was, this was, an, entire, this was an entire obfuscation. So, uh, again, I'm not saying the journal has the story wrong. Uh, I'm just saying uh, I, I'm, there are a lot of things that this administration has been doing <laughs> that uh, re remain unclear at present. So if you're uh, Israel and you're watching the, uh, the uh, American government happily, willingly hand over leadership to Vladimir Putin, not just a Russian leader, but a former KGB agent, antagonistic, troublemaking Russian leader. What are you thinking as you sit there in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv? I think one of the big concerns for Israel, as well as for our allies in the, our Arab allies in the Persian Gulf, from Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, uh, Kuwait, I think they must all be quite concerned if they look at the way that 
deal uh, or this Russian proposal has gone over, I think that they have to be concerned that the Russians are going to try to pull the same thing with Iran and that the administration is so eager to have a piece of paper uh, to have a deal or what they can call a deal with the Iranians, I think they must be very concerned about this, that the process might go exactly the same way, that the administration might get wrangled into this because the administration, contrary to what they've said, they have no appetite for any military action. Again, we were talking, I mean, the way that Kerry had scaled this down last week was right. talking about... Unbelievably talking about, small. Right, unbelievably small strikes and... You know, uh, I mean, uh, essentially, they didn't want to send, uh, they didn't want to fire cruise missiles into the Syrian desert. So what does this say about the fact that the, or, or, or the notion that the administration has kept all options on the table, including military force? I'm sure there are many, many questions about this in Jerusalem, uh, as well as Riyadh, uh, Abu Dhabi, all around the region. See, I think they missed their, the White House missed their opportunity, Lee, when uh, uh, John Kerry said we're going to have an unbelievably small attack. The president the next morning should have held a press conference and announced we have just successfully attacked Syria. There are no American losses and no civilian casualties. And then walk yeah, in the White uh, House. And who, would you, who knows? It was unbelievably small. And then when the Syrians go, we well, yeah, didn't know right. about an attack. Well, hey, you know what's you just, you just haven't found the right spot yet. Trust me. We attack. We're done. We did our part. Bye. But they missed another, that opportunity. An, another way the administration might have handled it, uh, <laughs> had the president, uh, had the president during his speech on Tuesday night, had he said something to the effect, "Look, uh, I want the American people behind me, and I want Congress to authorize this strike. However, based on precedent, I don't need it. I'm acting in what I believe to be the bre- best interest of the United States. This is not simply about a chemicals, chemical weapons attack. This is about American interest, and." Uh, this is my call. I want us all to be behind it. So, but the president never made this case to the American people. He is still yet to put it in terms of American interests. For him, it's about. For him, it's been strictly about his own red line. Lee Smith, thank you so much for that analysis of the week's events here on the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.